Hey Punkrockers, do you like bands like Voodoo Ghost Calls, Willem Scream, Mute, Implants, Darko, Police, Cigar, Tsunami Bound, Big Ten, The Kids Table, Adrenalize, Friends All Wrong, Dead by Stereo, Band Midair, Racket, Dead Fucking Last, Much The Same, and many more? Are you obsessed with band merch like I am? <laughs> if yes, press pause on this episode and go on EpicMerchStore.com. They offer t-shirts, tank tops, hoodies, hats, and kids merch for more than 230 punk rock, ska, metal, and hardcore bands from all around the world. And they now have mugs. Yeah, wow, the coffee's gonna be great. Go get your merch at EpicMerchStore.com. Hello, punk rock humans. Welcome to the Punk Rocket Show, episode 58. My name is Emily Plamondon. I'm a punk rocker from Quebec City in Canada, and I'm honored to be your host. My mission on this crazy planet is to spread my punk rock passion with other passionate punk rockers. And today we'll talk about horror punk. My guest is Kevin Van Esper. He's a musician, a producer, and he's working on a documentary about the band Hunt and Garage. He's gonna give us a little history lesson about the horror punk genre, and we talked about many great bands. I won't make any repunkmentation today, but you're gonna hear some music from Hunted Garage, Jessel Lantern, and Impalers. Be ready, my friends, because the show is starting now. Hello my friends, salut les punks, welcome to episode 58. I hope you are doing amazing. I'm good, except for this very disgusting ant invasion in my apartment. <laughs> But hey, don't get me wrong, I really love ants. I have huge respect for ants since I've read that trilogy from Bernard Weber called Les Fourmis in French, so ants. <laughs> It's a fantastic sci-fi kind of books. It's so good. You definitely have to read this. You will never see ants the same way after that. But I don't have much fun finding like 250 <laughs> ants in my closet, <laughs> walking like on my cat and stuff like this. So I had to take care of this this weekend. <laughs> Beside that, I don't have a lot of new stuff in my life. I decided to start a new podcast <laughs> in French this time because my I have a radio show here. You know that um, I've been hosting it since 2004 and now it's only about music. So we build a playlist together live on Facebook and Instagram. I record it and I send it to the radio station and they play it. Which means that I don't do a lot of interviews um, with local bands and I miss that. So I decided to start a new podcast that will look like this one, but in French. And I really want to do deep interviews with people from my local scene in my first language. Because, you know, it's sometimes frustrating for me hosting this current podcast, The Punk Rocket Show, because when I do interviews, I always feel like I could go like deeper But I always feel a little shallow because it's not my first language. So I miss some nuances and sometimes I'm like, I'm so bad because I know I would like to say this and this and put a lot of nuances and subtilities. And <laughs> sometimes I'm just spontaneous and I'm not always happy about myself as an interviewer. So I think doing it in French will help me a little. And also there's so many great artists in Quebec that I really want to know more about. So yes, I'm gonna do that a little less often than this one. I think it's gonna be like once a month, but still, I feel happy. 
The question is, do I have time to do that? The answer is no, but I will take the time anyway. <laughs> we only live once and I want to live my best life. And speaking of the best life, it's the beginning of May, which means that it's the official festival season. And I'm excited to see a Willem's Cream in two weeks. And also I'm going to go to the Puzza Fest in three weeks. My hotel is booked. I have my ticket. I'm ready to rock for a whole weekend and meet a lot of great people. I'm super excited about this episode. So one of my Patreon asked me to do a special horror punk and I love to listen to my Patreon. So here it is. And at first I was like, oh, I need to educate myself a little more about that genre because I honestly don't listen a lot to horror punk. It's not that I don't like it. It's just that I'm fucking obsessed with melodic skate punk. So <laughs> it represents probably 95% of all the music I'm listening to every day. <laughs> so it was a good opportunity to learn. And Kevin is definitely an amazing horror punk teacher. And I'm gonna play three songs during the interview with Kevin. So you're gonna hear a song from Haunted Garage because he's working on a documentary about that band. Kevin also makes a repunkmentation for Jess O'Lantern and you're gonna hear a song from her. And since Kevin made me discover the band Impaler, and I love this, you're gonna also hear a song from them. So that's why I won't make any repunk mandation for today. So let's start this interview now. Interview. So here is Metalisha. She's my my cat. Metalisha. Hello. Metalisha. Did I say that correctly? Yes, Metalisha. It's a mix of because in French, cat is sha. Uh, so uh -huh. I named her Metalisha instead of Metallicat, but could have worked either way. <laughs> I love it. You're so punny. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I really didn't expect fun. that. Yeah. Thanks for being my guest today. Thanks for having me. I love the background of your video. It's great. Thank you. I'm I'm somewhat professional here. Yeah, you're super professional. You're all dressed. I got my, my lab. Of course, I had to get dressed up for the horror punk rocket show. <laughs> Yeah, I'm wearing a hoodie so, and like pyjama because I just started a four days vacation. So I'm like, yeah. Oh, well, I just started a uh, seven, eight, nine something day vacation. Wait, oh, seven, yeah. six, ten days? I think ten days. Oh, good. So um, yeah. where, where are you on this crazy planet? I am in the suburbs of New York City, about an hour outside the city. Mm -hmm. Although I did used to live there for about 15 years until the pandemic started. I kind of escaped yeah. back to where I grew up. Oh, cool. So back to your roots. Yeah, that's right. It's where all the magic happened. All the creativity of, of actually when I discovered all this stuff all happened right here. Oh, so yeah. So when I said back to your roots, it's like, all roots, like family, but also music roots, right? Exactly. Ah, cool. Yeah, even though these yes. bands didn't come here, this is where I was when I discovered them. Sure. So it's, yeah, I understand that totally. Yeah, it's still your roots for sure. So of course. Today, yeah. I'm very happy because it's a, a, I mean, a lot of people requested me to do a special horror punk and like, 
And it's not oh, a, really? it's not a genre that I really know about. I, like I know the misfits, but besides that, I don't know the history. I don't know anything about even what you're doing. So today it's like a feel yeah. good. It's a feel good interview for me because I just sit, relax and learn. You don't have to worry <laughs> about it. I have to do all the heavy lifting yes. here, don't I? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All But right. I, well, you know what, Emily, I will do that for you. Oh, thanks. But I think you're the perfect and guest for that. I, I hope so. You know, I can only speak to it through my own lens. I'm no in no way an expert on horror punk necessarily. Oh, it's okay. But I think I have a pretty good grasp on it. And and about the topic that I'm making a documentary about, yeah. that means you're my target audience because this is the best for people who don't know who they yes. are. You know, I want people to go in blind and just have their minds blown. Yes, exactly. Because we're so we're going to talk a little about uh, the history of horror punk in general, plus the band yeah. Haunted Garage that you are fascinated about. Uh, but first, I would like to know more about. Haunted oh yeah! Garage. Oh nice, good. Uh, I mean, is vinyl. this not the best album cover of all time? Yes, it is. It's there's great. Faces, there's faces in the flames. It's like hell with devils and fire. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's an amusement park in hell. Yeah. It's possession oh my park. God. Oof. Oh la la. Nice. So I want to yeah, know I more know. about because we were talking about your roots. Uh so what mm -hmm. are your roots? So you're you're from New York, uh this area of New York. So Yeah, the suburbs. So Yeah, talk to me the about area people, yeah. the, the area people would know most um around me is where I used to hang out um and and see punk rock shows, local punk rock shows and work at them when I was a a teenager is is a town called Nyack and the most famous thing that came out of Nyack that you would know is Coheed and Cambria. Oh yeah, really? Nice. Yeah, so I used to see them when they were Shibuti um when I was in high school and then when they just ch started changing their name is like when I was like 17. Wow. What a great band. So yeah, that's actually the roots of of where I live. Oh, so they're from there. That's great. <laughs> yes. I love this band. And what were your first influences with our punk? How did you start being interested yeah. by this? Well, you could almost say it started with Haunted Garage in a way. Well, oh I'll yeah, okay. You, so that's the band you, who got uh, who got you introduced. Kind of. I'll tell you the story. Um, I got all my props here. Don't worry. Oh yeah, it's a very prop centric show. Uh, Yeah, it was around 1993 or four, I would say. And, you know, the grunge era had just died. I was about 10 years old. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my first kind of love of like Nirvana and all that culture was was kind of like dying. And the next wave was coming through. And do you remember a band called Green Jelly? Uh, yeah, very vaguely, but yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love that, this. <laughs> the Three Little Pigs song. Little pig, little pig, let me in. Mm -hmm. And the great claymation video. It was strangely, extremely popular. And it was probably like the most played video on MTV that year or something like that. And uh, they were this weird prop rock Hollywood band that um, dressed up in stupid costumes. <laughs> like this is this is actually their, their videotape. They were green jello before they got oh. sued. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, of course. And um, it just so happens that they have um, a music video on here for us. Can I curse on this show? Sure. Yeah. Okay. 
there's a there's a song here called the misadventures of shit man <laughs> where a couple people turn into this silly character shit man oh. one of them is danny carey from a band you might know called tool who mm-hmm. used to play drums in the green jello oh i didn't know that and another one was dookie flyswatter the subject of my documentary yeah now i so i saw him in this before i even knew who he was mm-hmm. but getting into green jello I quickly discovered, let's see, the next band that you would discover is Guar. Mm-hmm. Okay. And late, later on, I will argue why I think Guar is a horror punk band. Mm-hmm. But I'll get there. Because they were also in the same realm of like playing heavy, funny kind of metal music, punk music. Big, um, and then, you know, having the whole show. And then the next band you would get into after that is Haunted Garage. Because mm-hmm. they were also around at the same time. They were actually on the same record label as Guar at that oh. time. And they were kind of like the kings of L.A. underground punk rock exploitations, like sleaze. And they also had a crazy stage show. But unlike Guar, who tells you know mm-hmm. they do their show through their larger than life characters haunted garage were just larger than life characters themselves and that's what it made it a little bit more scary yeah but i want to talk about that for sure but like how yeah. did our punk started uh and when or, sure. yeah how, how did it start well, i'm gonna have to throw it pre-punk first and give credit to people like screaming jay hawkins Uh-oh. without screaming jay hawkins we wouldn't have any of this oh, i'm really? sure now you would know him as the guy who does uh, i put a spell on you mm. right uh, and he Sorry, used to have almost... uh, this crazy per- persona with like this skull and fire and, and like this whole voodoo thing and this was like started in the 50s you know uh, 60s you know yeah And uh, then, sorry, I'm drinking beer and I, I'm almost burping on the mic. I'm sorry, guys. Oh, well, that would just be adorable. You just burp right anytime yeah, I should, you want. I should let it go. It's a non-alcoholic beer, but it still oh, makes well, me burp. Okay, then sorry. can you really call it a beer? I mean, that's, that's could, a, that is not my area of expertise. But Could be great <laughs> in a horror punk show for sure. Okay, but uh, yeah. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> and, then I, and then I would say I have to give credit to Alice Cooper. Oh, yeah. You know, sure, yeah. And... Mm-hmm. And Kiss, they weren't punk rock either, but they led the way for bands to be theatrical and definitely inspired all of that. Yeah, because there's a lot of, like it says, horror. So, yeah, we kind of know. Yeah. And, and very theatrical, like you said, um, with characters. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of uh, horror movie fans are like yeah. super interested yeah, in horror horror, horror movies is the through line of all of this right mm-hmm. oh and then the next i would say the first band that i know of that really wrote i would know if they're considered horror punk but they definitely wrote some horror s- punk songs and that would be the ramones yeah pet you know, cemetery I mean, Like Pet Cemetery. I don't wanna, yeah. Yeah, Pet Cemetery. I don't want to go down to the basement, chainsaw, like True. you know. They did it first, really. That's what I would say. Yeah. Uh and then let's see. I want to talk tell you about I'm sure you never heard of this band. Because they're they're a little bit more obscure, but I think 
they should get some recognition. They're called Impaler. No, that's true. I don't know. You ever heard of Impaler? <laughs> I love the artwork. <laughs> nope, never. Yeah, yeah. So they actually started in like the I would say early '80s, maybe late '70s, probably early '80s. They were more of a thrash band at first, but they actually still exist today. And they, over the years, went more in like a horror punk direction.、Mm-hmm. So definitely check them out. They、um, were most famous for being part of the PMRC trials. Do you know what the PMRC is? No. So that was the、uh, organization. That were behind the the warning label labels on CDs, like the parental、oh. advisory stickers. That <laughs>、yeah. was the group of like you know rich politician、oh. Republican wives who started all of that. And Impaler was one of the bands that they signaled out,、wow. singled out. Yeah, and so it got them a lot of free press, and that's great. <laughs> <laughs> you know. That's amazing.、Um, and then I want to take it to L.A. in the '80s when、mm-hmm. the punk rock scene was starting over there. And you probably heard of Forty Five Grave. Not really. Maybe. Okay. Well, you. I told you they were. Yeah, that's great. I know. I know.、Um, I am going to be your teacher, and I'm.、Yes. I'm having a great time. I love that. Being, so, so Forty Five Grave was、um, led by.、Uh, A singer named Dinah Cancer,、mm. and they are most famous for having the song "Party Time," which was in the Return of the Living Dead movie. Oh, and they were sort of like on the cusp of the—they were punk rock, I would say, but also、um, death rock. I guess they, is what they call it. So it was like Forty Five Grave and Christian Death really like started the death rock scene, which came、oh. out of LA. Oh, and so I would consider them. One of the first horror punk bands because they're definitely horror centric, and she's an iconic goth punk、uh, figure. I met her once; she's wonderful. I、nice. hope that she will do an interview for the documentary. I do have one old member of this band in the documentary already, Paul Rossler. Um, and I want to just、uh, asterisk. She would continue later in the '90s to do a band called Penis Flytrap. <laughs> Which is Sorry, also so, very, very horror punk. I'm would also, very immature. Would... Makes me laugh. Okay, nice. Yes. Well, it's all it's all supposed to make you laugh. I mean, it's all <laughs> supposed to be funny, right? Yeah, it's not supposed to be、uh, actually and... scary. Right. It's not really scary. But even all the horror movies that he was in, they're they're more like comedies. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. The, but you would find them in the horror section. But it's a thin line between、um, being scared and and the funny stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's all a sort of elation, right?、Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, how could you not laugh at a band name called Penis Flytrap? I know you just can't.、Right. You have、yeah. to. How to be scared? And this、scared. is Alvorian Spivey, who is in the documentary, and、oh. she actually used to date Dookie Flyswatter as well.、Oh. So he would get on stage with them and sing、uh, their hit "Party Time," the Forty Five Grave song.、Mm. It was great, good time. So Misfits were not the first to to.、Uh... To set the path of, our... they were they were in the early bunch. I would say, well, that's that's my next pick is the、mm. Misfits here, because yeah, great、uh, album. What the the funny thing about discovering the Misfits for me was
I used to trade bootlegs like when I was in like a teenager and in my 20s, you know, on VHS tapes and cassettes, we, I would tape trade with people. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I got some Haunted Garage shows from the early 90s. And sometimes they would play a bunch of Misfit songs. And I had mm-hmm. no idea what they were because I was like 10 or 11 years old and wow. I had never heard the Misfits. Right. So I soon discovered that those songs were in fact the misfits and and that the day i discovered that i borrowed this cd collection yeah. one from my friend and the next day i had their box set like i was obsessed <laughs> the next yeah. day right so they i would say when they started they really started what is horror punk and you were young Right. I w- uh yeah, this was like 1994-ish, five-ish. Yeah. I, I think was, we're, um, we're the same 11 age. 11 or 12. Oh, so I'm 38. So we're probably like... Very... I'm 38. Oh, good. Okay. Oh, my God. I, when I was 10, I was still into like pop rock music from Quebec yeah. in French. I would never be interested i'm actually kind of i would be curious to hear some of that because i've never heard pop music i'll send you some link i always send those it's like pop rock singers it's amazing i'm still really addicted to those bands but i would never be into punk music at that time never oh no so i I love a good pop song yeah of course yeah i'm gonna say after this interview i'm gonna send you some links Okay, yes. good. So, We're sharing. So, so yeah, I'm still tape trading. I'm just doing it digitally now. <laughs> oh, my cat is on my piano. Me no. Oh, my God. Oh, no. I mean, at the same time, that's She's when, the, the you know, Green Day and The Offspring were coming out. And I was equally super into them, too. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's how um, I started punk rock. Okay, good. So And, of course, here, so here's you, another Misfits. You bought the... All my props. You bought the, the coffin box set. Yeah, the day after I heard, I discovered the Misfits. That's sick. And Amazing. then also shout out to his next band, Sam Hain, of mm. course. You know, nice. and they were more in the forty-five grave like death rock direction, but still, it's an extension of the Misfits, and it's got to be noted mm-hmm. because it's Sam Hain and it's Glenn Danzig. And uh, special uh, shout out to to Doyle, who's still oh yeah doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, he just played um, New Jersey by me last week. So he's still oh. on tour. Yeah. I had the pleasure of opening for him once in a horror nice. punk band, actually. Oh, it was it was a good time. Um, so All now. Right. So, yeah. So, so but you, you, uh, how did you start being very interested by Haunted Garage? Like, because. You yeah. just talked to me about lots of bands. So why this band specifically got your attention more? Um, well, I, I would say at the time I was equally fascinated with Green Jelly, Haunted Garage, and Guar. Mm-hmm. And I discovered them because the internet had just started. And so it would suggest them to you. I think it was all music was the site that you would find music back then. And yeah. it would be like... You like green jello, you would like guar and haunted garage, and I'm like, well, let me eat this shit up.
Yeah, and I would I would argue to the death, this is Guar's first album from 1988. Mm-hmm. I would consider them a horror punk band because the origins of Guar, and some of these guys are, are this guy is actually their singer now. He replaced the lead singer who died several years ago, oh. and he's so he's back in the band. Um, they were a bunch of punk rockers from Richmond, Virginia, who just liked you know, weird comic books and, mm-hmm. and dinosaurs and pro wrestling. <laughs> and and they created this this weird concept of Guar. But the concept of the band was that they were punk rockers pretending to be a metal band. Oh, yeah. Like they didn't they didn't know metal music and how to play it. So they were just making up what they think it would be. Mm-hmm. And so thus the entire concept of Guar is horror punk. Totally. Hmm. And they've actually made movies, actual movies. Oh. Um, so it, it, it extends even further from that. <laughs> Good. And then let's say, let's move it into the 90s, I guess, right? A special shout out to the Dickies who did mm-hmm. the soundtrack for the Killer Clowns from Outer Space. So I would consider this horror punk. Yeah. And I would consider this a separate band, but this is the Misfits from 1995. Oh, right? yeah. You're good probably point. more familiar with, yes. with this yes. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, still, I love this album, but it's it's definitely a different band. And this is what really launched what I think it became known as the horror punk sound as a genre and mm-hmm. not like just a horror band that played punk rock. Yeah. This is when they actually actually started using that term. So I think this is the genesis of all so that's, of that. That's why I thought they were like the first. I forgot about yeah, the Ramones. I, mean, I, forgot I would the say Ramones. they are in a way. Yeah. Everything else is kind of like extra credit and leading up to it. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. it wasn't a term until the Misfits. It just was, I mm-hmm. guess, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, Whoa. Th- and that launched mm-hmm. like a million bands. I'm not going to name all of them. I'm actually not that into the horror punk genre mm-hmm. as created in the 90s compared mm-hmm. to all these just other weird punk rock bands that happen to do horror stuff. But a notable one I would say is Blitzkid. You know oh. Blitzkid? No, but no. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think you would like them. They're kind of more in the, you know, Misfits 95 pop punk direction of horror. Nice. And um, by the way, you have an amazing collection. So for people, thank you. uh, Listening, I pulled it out for just for you. 
Yeah, so he's showing me all the CDs and the um, the the vinyl. So it's great. Oh yeah, are they not going to see this because they're missing a whole visual element? Yeah, exactly. But that's okay. You're seeing it, and that's what's important to on me. On Patreon, they they can, or maybe I'll, I'll oh okay, maybe great. I'll put it on YouTube for everyone. Could worth. I think it worth it. Yeah, I Good. think so too. This is a very visual project. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Uh, and shout out to Argyle Goolsby, who's still out doing it. This is a more recent record. Nice. Um, so I want to talk about this band for a minute. Uh, you definitely know this band, AFI. Oh, yeah, of course. Right? Yeah. And I think these these two records in particular, this is like their horror punk era, mm -hmm. at least, you know. Yeah, the definitive like AFI horror punk era. Uh, which I was lucky enough to catch one of the last shows on the Art oh, of Drowning tour. Yeah. And it was one of the most intense shows I've ever been to. Death by Stereo and F Minus opened up. And I know oh you, you interviewed Brad Logan. Yes. Such and a that great was a guy. wonderful interview. Oh, thanks. After F Minus and, and Death by Stereo, I was so winded from the crowd that I actually went blind for a few minutes. What? Yeah, I couldn't see and I was very scared. And apparently I walked in a, a circle a couple of times before I made it back to the bar to get a cup of water. And my friend was like screaming in my face eh? and I didn't even know he was there. Eventually I came to, I got, I had my water. I was too young to buy alcohol. So it was just water then. Oh my God. And then I ran straight up to the front for AFI. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Davey, Davey was in his fishnets, right? And like, I remember oh specifically God. one point in the show, they were in one of their goth death rock breakdowns. This is Probably crazy. the breakdown where he says the word death rock in it. Oh, <laughs> um, shit. And I remember my friend Matt, my high school punk rock band singer, yelling, Davey, I can see your nipples. <laughs> and just totally ruining the moment for him. It was hilarious. Wow. Yeah. Uh, oh, and so and yeah, the, definitely the significant... AFI. Yeah, AFI definitely yeah. has some influences, right? sure. I would say AFI is a horror punk band, at least in this era, True. for sure. Um, and what's great, I mean, how awesome are these album covers, right? Yes. Yeah. And you know what's great about them to me? While I was making this documentary, I discovered that that's the same artist that did no the Haunted way. Garage cover. The one with the devil so and fires in an amusement yeah. park. Wow. Yeah, I think these came out in what, like 94, 95-ish? This came out in 1991, so he did this first. Nice. Do you think they asked and him, he... do you think they already knew him before asking him, or they just yeah, wanted to, to find out because they love this artwork? You know my well, the difference? Yeah, I I can just I only speculate, but he was famous for doing flyers for like every oh, band okay. out there. So if you Google this guy's name, Alan Forbes Jr., every band you've ever heard of is going to pop oh, up. Okay. Like any mm -hmm. kind of hard rock, heavy metal, punk, everyone, and he's still doing it today. Mm -hmm. So now so we're on like Alan early two thousand now with those uh, AFI album. Yeah, I would. These came out in the mid '90s. Uh, oh yeah, I think. Uh, this is. It doesn't say on the back. I want to say I saw them in like 1997 or something mm -hmm. like that. So oh, that's yeah. probably when this came out. Yeah. Or it was the end of the tour. I remember that. So the album had probably come out at least a year before that. 
Mm-hmm. And nice. then I don't know. I only have a few more, and then we could talk about the uh, haunted garage. I guess yeah. I would say uh, special shout out to the murder dolls, um, who is um, Joey Jordison from Slipknot and oh. Wednesday Thirteens band. Hmm. If you know those names at all, Wednesday is still out there, and Joey just died recently. Mm-hmm. So R.I.P. Joey from Slipknot. Yeah. Um, but this was definitely a horror punk band, um, oh. and they were pretty fun. And and um, and actually, although this album was created by just the two of them, um, when they formed their live band, it included AC Slade, mm-hmm. who is someone that I have known a little bit around the New York scene. And now he is in the, the misfits. Yeah. And he's having coffee's company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dead, dead sled. I, yeah. I think that's still his company. I hope cat I didn't get that now. wrong. Cat fight. Cat fight. Oh, coffee, cat fight. I think. I think dead sled is the one he used to do. Yeah, exactly. See, I messed up. He's really into coffee. Oh, sorry, AC. I love you. <laughs> yeah. You're awesome. I saw misfits at MSG with him. Madison Square Garden. Oh. It was, Freaking awesome! Right before the pandemic hit, um, Halloween before the so pandemic. I was so jealous, uh, envious of people going there. Oh, uh, sold first punk band to sell out Madison Square Garden. It's crazy. Or like classic punk band. I'm sure Green Day's done it or something. Yeah, yeah, you know, but, but but still, it's, it's so good. Um, I just want a special shout out to a local punk band from the '90s. I like that. Yeah. My friend Tibby was in. I would consider horror punk. They're called the X Possibles. Oh, if you can. Oh yeah. Uh, I did a music video for them when they did a little revival, um, and then, um, do you know Tsunami Bomb? Yes. I would consider them a horror punk band. Really? Wait. Yeah, they're mostly horror themed songs, at least in their origin. Oh. Oh, I'll check. I'll I mean, pay look attention. At this, the spine oh, yeah. that binds. True. Yeah, you're right. You know? And um, I, love, I love Tsunami Bomb. And I got to get to know them a little bit Yeah. Uh, when they come to New York now with the new lineup. Mm-hmm. And I filmed their shows. And I actually did a photo shoot with them uh, before one of their shows in Brooklyn a couple of years ago. And now, I hope this still applies, but... For at least a while, when you Googled Tsunami Bomb, you know, like a little picture comes up to like show you who they are. For a while, hopefully still now, it was a picture that I took of them. Oh, really? Yeah, it was so cool. I was just every time I looked them up, I was like, hey, that's my shit. That's great. Oh, nice. And then I don't know. I kind of consider them a horror punk band, My Chemical Romance. Yes, I agree. Mm-hmm. Right. And they they were kind of like the next wave of that. And um, this isn't the album, but the album this is based on. Uh, True. Has a long title that I can't remember right now, but it has Helena on it and all those classic songs. That album front to end is like one of the best rock records of all time, I would say. Mm, a, a huge influence on so many punk rockers and the, oh, emo, yeah. the emo wave. And, you know, but yeah, definitely some horror yeah. stuff. Uh, do you know the, and, the and, Creep and, Show? The Creep Show? They're from Toronto. Uh, I think I've heard of them. I don't. I can't rem- think of any song specifically. It's all but about horror. I'm gonna send you some links. Too, Great. If you want. Yeah. yeah. Send me. Send me your heart. See next. Okay. I'll send you love. I have of one links. more band, and then yeah. I want to ask you a question. Okay. And the last band I want to feature, or or person, I guess I would say, 
is um, <clears throat> Gesso Lantern, which I'm, oh, yeah. is a little bit more. You Do you know Gesso Lantern? Uh, it reminds me something. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. The way you uh, responded to that yeah, seemed like you had heard I of think... her before. Um, not... She's mostly like acoustic um, and based in New York. Oh, and she's no. not like super well known, but in in certain communities, I think she's she's known. No, I don't think and I she's know actually her. This... Because I thought at first it was yeah. like a ska band, but I'm probably mixed them with another. No, another, it's not a ska with band. With another band, <laughs> I was like ska or punk no. ska. No, no, no. Okay, so she's a, a solo artist. Yeah. Okay, no. She's mm. a solo artist, and she mostly does acoustic shows, but it's all horror punk kind mm. of like stuff. And and sometimes on her albums, she'll record like full-on band versions of her songs and not only did i produce some of the songs on this one she's actually the singer of my band von esper which is is inactive at the moment um just due to the world i guess you would say but um she's definitely like the next the new generation of horror punk oh that's great and i'll check special shout out to jesso lantern um the singer in my band von esper cool maybe i could play and a song that's, on that's this all i got for you yeah so but what what's the common ground like uh with people who, who love horror punk is it the mix of music yeah. and horror movies yeah i think it's just uh the love of horror movies is like the major through line yeah um so like The way Haunted Garage started, they actually started in 1985 and they were not a punk band at all back then, but they were a band that they were like a garage band that would cover movie themes from bad B-horror movies that nobody's ever heard of. So nobody knew they were covers because they were playing the Green Slime and Mothra and, you know, songs from Satan Sadist, which... They used to do in the 80s, and now Glenn Danzig's doing that now. Yeah. So okay. they were like way ahead of the game on that. Oh. And now, and then um, throughout their career, they just figured, well, people don't know that these are covers in the first place. So let's just write our own yeah. songs that sound like they would be theme songs to horror movies, right? Mm-hmm. And some of them actually got used in movies that Dookie Flyswatter was in. Um. And some oh. did not. And some of those demos of unheard songs are available on my Indiegogo. Um, but I think that kind of, I'm not saying people emulated Haunted Garage, but I think they were ahead of the game in that later on, all these horror punk bands would basically just write songs about old horror movies. Yeah. Or write songs that sound like they could be horror movies. Oh, Definitely good. just a love of horror movies and then not just horror movies, just like the culture of horror movies is yeah. definitely the through line. And I saw some pictures of them and it seems like live. They were like just over the top with costumes oh, yeah. and fake blood and like special effects. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So unlike other bands like Guar who used the characters, they were just versions of themselves. <laughs> and it was kind of like a horror freak show. And yeah. they had a lot of friends <laughs> in the horror movie industry who were like special effects guys or prop guys. So they would like come and help them rig up some cool gags or, or uh, steal props from horror movies that they've worked on, you know, and then they would just use them in the show. Yeah. That's what I thought in one. Yeah. Yeah. 
anything weird you would give them, they would just make part of the show. Or if they found some weird stuff, like sometimes they would apparently find where uh, where Alice Cooper would dump his old props after a, a tour <laughs> and go rescue those. And um, wow, you might be able to see some of them on the back cover of Possession Park, mm. like these mannequins here may have come from an Alice Cooper show. Wow, okay. Just saying. That's nice, a yeah. recuperation or like recycling. Acquired. <laughs> they acquired them somehow. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So they had a, a, a whole team with them. It's not only the band, so yeah. they need like... It was like a little family mm. of just like ho weird horror people. And there was the main band and then they had um, the Gorgor girls who were like their go-go dancers. That's their name <laughs> for their go-go dancers. But, you know, they would be hot and they would be pretty much naked as much as they could be depending on the uh you know who could get into the show that night mm, <laughs> but yeah. they would be all bloody and like look like zombies and you know it was like they were dead go-go girls mm. um yeah and then they would have all their prop friends just like wearing crazy costumes and running around and rigging up uh systems where they could spray the audience with blood and this was like yeah i saw that <laughs> Around the same time, Guar started doing that, but they started doing it independently of mm -hmm. each other. And then they discovered each other and were like, whoa, wow. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because Guar was doing this stuff in Virginia and Haunted Garage was in L.A. Hey, She's so annoying so, walking on my piano again. Oh, no. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a very visual show to see. Like, so, Absolutely. That's why you got to see it. That's why yeah. you got to see it to believe it. And 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 beyond just the horror show, you never knew when they were going to do something real. Like they would do, like they were pioneers in doing like live piercings and stuff like oh. that. You would like pierce his chest or.
one of his big things was um oh this is a, a prop from uh, oh. the revival version of the band one of the things dookie flyswatter is famous for is putting rat traps on his eyelids and oh, shit basically any other part of his body that hanged out if you know what i mean <laughs> Yeah. So I think I understand. Yeah, this is this is from the last Haunted Garage performance ever. And oh wow, you have put it that on his face. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And you you but you never it. knew what you were gonna get. So it was a little bit scarier than just seeing Guar and being seeing like rubber foam costumes. Mm. It was like you might see some fake blood and you might see some real blood. You're not sure. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Whoa. always fun. Like it's always funny sure. and it's always fun. That's the bottom line mm. and it what? was never mean-spirited or anything like that so and now you're doing a documentary about about uh the yes. ducky fly sweater is it oh i love i love the way you say it dookie dookie I it's said like ducky. the green day album cover <laughs> oh, but dookie. spelled differently yeah so yeah, um, yeah. So how did how did you get water. how did you get the idea of doing this? It's just a passion for the band, right. or you wanted to, I don't know. So what what can we expect from it? Sure. Well, um, professionally, I'm a video editor and videographer and mm. oh. photographer and music producer, right? So that's what I've been doing, hustling in New York City for the 15 years um, professionally. Because you know what? I love music. Music's my number one passion, but playing music does not pay the bills. So yeah. video it is. You know what I mean? I'll do music on the side, which that'll be next year's podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> talking about my music. Sure. Um, so when the pandemic happened, kind of all my business got shut down because mm -hmm. I my bread and butter was filming concerts oh. and doing music videos and parties and, you know, just like branding content for yeah. different companies. And yeah. when you can't have people together, like everything that I do kind of was on, yeah. you know, postponed. So totally. I was in my lockdown and I was digitizing all my old VHS tapes and stuff. And oh, I was good. digitizing some old haunted garage footage. And I was thinking like, somebody needs to do this now you know someone was supposed to start it in 2008 and it never got off the ground and i've been waiting for it since then and i'm like you know what you never know who's gonna just like die tomorrow these guys are old now some of them are in their 70s yeah well you know? I, that was one of my question if they were still yeah. alive or like involved in yeah. music or most of them are still alive uh surprisingly and thankfully yeah And that's why I was like, you know what? If I don't do this now, it might never happen. Totally. And not only them, but like people who have old photographs or videos or anything that, you know, mm -hmm. people are, there's no demand for it. So, so it's just stuck in people's storage and closets and garages. And, it, and those people could just disappear too. Mm -hmm. And that stuff will just be gone forever. So it was really a, re a mission to rescue the legacy of this band and wow it's the perfect marriage of like my hardcore passions throughout my life and my professional life and mm. i'm like you know what i can't do business right now i'm gonna start something myself and this is yeah. what i started that's great and you interviewed yeah. like people in a lot of great bands like uh, the adolescent uh, like yeah. uh, uh green jelly dwarves 
Yeah. So are, are you doing this? My, uh, uh, yeah. I got my adolescence right here. What color is it? What color? Oh, Whoa. the original. I think it's normal. Because I have a... Yeah, it says... A pink. It says it, it the OG from 81. Wow. On the, wow. We got this from Amoeba in LA Crazy. while I was out there. Uh, it's just regular black yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's an original from 81 and I got it oh, wow. that's, signed by Tony. That's very yeah, precious. Um, at the time... Oh shit! That's what I should have brought down here. He he was in a band after the adolescence called the Flower Leopards that used to play with Haunted Garage, and that's where they met Dookie. And then he was in a band called the Ads A D Z, um, and they not only wrote a song about Dookie Flyswatter that Tony Sorry. sang, but one of their albums featured um, a photo. Like the album cover is just Dookie Flyswatter's eye, which is is it's a he has crazy bags under his eyes, Ooh. and he's just like pulling it out, and it's just this crazy photo by um, legendary LA <laughs> photographer Ed Culver, who's also in the documentary and has been a big supporter and and a just a really cool guy throughout this. He's probably most famous for taking the the Black Flag Damage cover with you know Henry's fist in the mm. mirror. Wow. Pretty much any LA hardcore band in the 80s, like he probably did them. Oh. You know, um, the adolescence, of course, Christian Death, 45 Grave. He did all their photography, mm. like you name it. He did it. Um, Dead Kennedys, he did a lot with. Probably have a lot the of black flag, black flag. He worked in like every era of that band. Probably have a very good perspective on the band. Uh, probably very great to uh, interview him. So, and what kind of a well, perspective? Well, his work is going to speak for itself. Yeah, true. But is yeah, yeah. And what kind of perspective did you want to get from those bands and artists about the band, about uh, the yeah. band and garage? Um, whatever, whatever they had to say. And uh, oh, okay. it's always there's everyone has great haunted garage stories, and there's there's not enough time in a documentary to share them all. Oh. But that's what's so great is, yeah, I got some great names, but they're I think they were kind of excited to like talk about something so crazy because mm -hmm. in L.A., like Dookie's a legend and everywhere else, nobody knows who he is. And so not only did he play with all these bands, he influenced them. And beyond that, something people will probably be maybe surprised to learn is that um Dookie's been more or less sober for the last 30 or so years. Oh. And a lot of these people, he helped through recovery. Oh, and wow. So a lot of them know him not only on stage, but like oh. as a as someone off stage who's just very caring and like oh, that's just likes so to help people. Amazing. Yeah. And um, Tony from the adolescents told this great story about how a family member of his committed suicide mm. and like Dookie called him up and shared some of his own personal history, mm. uh, family history with stuff like that. And like, that's what people really remember him from wow. if, you, if they really knew him. Yeah. Mm. So yeah. Yeah. He's a crazy guy who might um, go on stage and like put a rat trap on his dick. But also <laughs> he's the guy who's going to help you get sober and like, why not fix your life? That's a, yeah why not complete, get someone who can do both yeah it's a complete human i love that yeah funny exactly. side and a very so, helpful side i love this that's i guess the story like haunted garage is weird in that 
there's not really an arc of success because they ne- they were never successful. And that's kind of the story is like, why was this band not successful? Yeah. Nirvana used to be scheduled to open for them. Tool and White Zombie oh used to my. open for them. They played with Soundgarden and Green Jelly and, and yeah. just L7, who I'm supposed to interview mm-hmm. later this year for the documentary. Oh. Like all these bands used to open like 400 Garage. And That's yet they crazy. were the ones who kind of got, they never quite made it like these other bands. How can you explain that? Do you bring an, um, your opinion well, that, in, in the documentary? Or you know the sorry, answer? Say that, do you know the answer? That, Why? Or Oh, do I know the answer? Or well, do sort you, of. That yeah. was kind of, that was my personal discovery. It was, it was like, I wanted to know the story. And now I finally have it. I mean, it's not like too crazy of a story they obviously they had some internal conflicts and broke up and Uh, most of their most of their best opportunities just didn't really work out like like they would have been the ultimate music video band in the ultimate music video era right Mm. the end of the 80s early 90s and yet they never had a music video they filmed (gasps) one and it never got finished and that's a whole thing i'm trying to research yeah you know It's so crazy. Like he's in all these horror movies and he, you know, it's perfect. And it just never happened. Um, They signed to Metal Blade Records and um, they almost signed to Epitaph Mm. instead. And that would have created like, so Donnell, who's famous for doing all the Epitaph bands, produced a whole Mm -hmm. series of demos with them that are available. My Indiegogo for some of them for the first time ever. Um, And so Epitaph was courting them and they, in hindsight, should have signed with them. And I apparently I heard they wanted Butch Vig to produce their record, Mm. which uh, I don't know if you know who Butch Vig is. He's famous for producing Nirvana's Nevermind, Smashing Pumpkins, L7, like all those big albums in the 90s. Like Smells Like Teen Spirit. Today by Smashing Pumpkins, that was all Butch Vig. And he was this close to producing a haunted garage record but didn't happen Mm. like all these things just like didn't quite work out for them and then they kind of imploded and then it was over they broke up in 1992 originally and that's when all the bands around them got famous tool green jello you know l7 white zombie it just it's kind of the anti-story you know it's like this is going to blow your mind because it never quite happened. Whoa, that's insane. Yeah. That's so amazing. Yeah. They it's totally, a lot to think about. Yeah, they, they totally deserve a documentary about them. Do you know if they are like sad of that or bitter, bitter or like seeing all those yeah, bands? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there's maybe a little bit of that. Did you interview them? Um, I... Yeah, some of them are bitter for different reasons, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're bitter mostly because I would be for the, a while <laughs> of the internal struggle that that prevented them from like really achieving that. Mm-hmm. I think if they had survived one more year, oh, yeah. they would have had everything. Because yeah. let me tell you this too: this was the only album they put out, like in their original incarnation, right? Nineteen ninety one on Metal Blade Records. But all the songs that they wrote for their second album, which they had a whole track list out for and everything, 
those are my favorite haunted garage oh. songs and they were this close to like going in and doing it and then that's when they broke up they were ready uh, to do oh it and that would have been my favorite album of all time <gasps> and there was some hits there there was some hits on there for sure can we hear those songs somewhere no that is a good question uh, yes oh uh you will be able to hear most of these songs Through the demo bundles I'm offering on my Indiegogo, oh, which yeah. okay, is so, really what I'm here to to push, right? Sure. So uh, it's a good way to uh, to encourage uh, support your work because you're doing like everything yeah. almost alone. So right? yes. So, so I am. This is a completely DIY project. It's totally grassroots. I'm doing it basically by myself. I have a couple co-producers, mm -hmm. but it's it's my thing it, i i'm lucky to have the band's support um mm -hmm. but it's not for them like i'm making this myself yeah and i am a broke ass artist so oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. i have already i've already put you know my money mm -hmm. into traveling to la and when i came i, ke I came back with over 40 interviews oh, shit, yeah. you know but now i need to get the last bunch and also probably license a bunch of film clips mm -hmm. and pay some lawyers and maybe get an animator and just all this other stuff that mm -hmm. I just can't afford. So that's where you all come in. Yeah, I'll share the link Please in the show notes. independent art. Yeah. And if yeah. you can't, you know, I think I got some cool perks in there. I know a lot of people are also broken and, and can't quite contribute. But don't worry, you can share it. Share it to someone yeah. else who might be interested. Like, yeah, exactly. You know at least one friend who are going to be into horror punk or 80s horror uh, movies or just like retro VHS culture, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Or you just think it's really cool or you just really love me. Aww. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Um, and when is when the movie is going to be available? Do you have an idea I, or too many? Too yeah, much work I wish still? I could answer that. That's like the that's that's everybody's question. They really want to know, mm -hmm. but it depends on how long it's going to take to finish. It's going to be finished when it's finished, and you know. Yeah. So it's not like with more money and with more money and support. Hopefully, it'll get done faster. But it's it's gonna happen regardless. But I can do it quicker and better. Mm -hmm. with some backing you know what i mean yeah it's like <laughs> yeah it's lo lo it's like i don't know i Makes whenever sense. i can do it because because right now i gotta work my day job you know uh, and then and then i'm full-time documentary filmmaker right now at night i guess when i'm not making my music which is again that's that's next year's podcast <laughs> well that's a very great project and like you thank you like, i think they totally deserve that i'm happy i get to know them more i'm happy i got to know yeah. more about horror punk today so huge thank you yeah i'm gonna share the thank you i'm gonna share the link for the go um, um what do you call this indiegogo, indiegogo. Well, i'm calling it the indiegorgo <laughs> Yeah. The Indie Gorgor campaign emphasis on pain. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, I'm gonna share it for sure in the show notes. See, I'm punny too. <laughs> Thank you. Wait, I have one question for you. Yeah, sure. Go. Tell me about what horror punk bands you know about that uh, I I didn't know about. Maybe I told you about the Creep Show. 
I don't know if yeah. they consider themselves as horror punk. I think they, I mean, how can they not? Because I think, I think that qualifies just by name alone. Yeah, they all, they talk about oh, and, devil and demons uh, and death. The, the new show, you know, the new series Creep Show on Shudder. Um, oh. Andy from the new lineup of Haunted Garage actually did some special effects and stuff for that. So Horror Pops. Oh yeah, the horror pops. I know them. Uh, sure. Misfits was the first. Uh, yeah. I never yeah. thought about the Ramones that way, but I think I knew it in my subconscious. I mean, they're they not were... really a horror punk band, no, but, but they they were the the come on, the, the Ramones yeah. were really the first punk band, and they were writing up songs about horror movies. Sometimes. There's a very good band from Quebec, from Montreal, called The Brains. That Ooh. are super good horror punk too. Uh, Psycho Definitely Bleed, send me the brains. Super good, but with like all oh, like dead zombies, uh, monsters, yeah. lyrics. Yeah. Great. So I'll send, send me you. send me that. So too. I have a lot of links to send you after this uh, recording. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. Thank you so much, Kevin, for thank you uh, for your time and for teaching me it's, lots of stuff. It's an absolute pleasure. So, uh, to be on the horror punk rocket show. Yeah, thanks. Listen to them. <laughs> the children of the night. What sweet music they make. Music? Those animals? Yeah.
hope you learned a lot of things about our punk. And by the way, he made a playlist on Spotify. So check the show notes. I put a link. So you'll have access to it and you're going to have fun and be scared at the same time. <laughs> okay, punk rockers, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Epic Merch Store for the sponsorship. Thank you to Scott Alquist for the edit. Thank you to Caroline Morin for the visual. I need your support. So if you want, you can subscribe and share to your punk rock friends. You can share the episodes in your social media. That helps me a lot. If you want to spend some money and help the show financially, you can subscribe to the Patreon to have access to a lot of exclusive stuff. You can also make me a donation on PayPal and buy me a coffee. Next week, my guest is Joe McMahon of the excellent band Smoke or Fire. We're going to talk about the new album. What a great conversation I had with this amazing artist. So be there. But until then... Punk your life and see you next week, guys.